Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and joining me once again is Linda. Yay! Hello! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Are you excited to be back on? Hell yeah, I am! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we back. Be. Hell yeah. <laughs> we back. We back. We, we back. Um, what a good show that we have for you today. It's kind of uh, short, but, you know, that doesn't mean it can't be sweet, too. We have got Ooh. an IATSE strike potentially in the work, uh, which is super important, something that I really do want to dive into. We also have word about a Teen Wolf revival. And for those of you that, that have listened to you know the previous episodes, you know that I just absolutely adore that show. And uh, so a revival movie is in the works at Paramount Plus, and bet your ass I'll watch it. You bet it. What? What is it about Teen Wolf? T- tell, tell us, Jared. It's, it's pure Why nostalgia. Why Teen Wolf? It's pure nostalgia. It was, um, nostalgia I was watching. how? Okay, because um, I was watching, uh, at the same time, I was watching, I was trying to get into the Vampire Diaries, but also I was watching <laughs> One Tree Hill. So I was, I was involved in all like those teen shows. And one thing that Teen Wolf brought to the table that no one else did, it was grimy as hell. Like, I mean, truly just like dingy, dark horror, which the Vampire Diaries did this whole gothic horror thing. That's fine and all. But like Teen Wolf is kind of brutal. Like it had this quality to it that was a lot like a lot like Scream the TV show, you know, that we talk about It's just there was some there was a brutalness to it that I just wasn't finding on any other of those like teen romance um, or as you know my mom would say teeny bopper shows like I there, there really wasn't any quality to them that, that really drew me in. So teen wolf was kind of different for that. And also I just, I absolutely was so obsessed with Tyler Posey and, 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 you know, at that point I still wasn't out. And so it's like looking back on it now, I was like, Oh, I was just, I was just horny. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just horny. Like he loves Teen Wolf because it reminds him of hornier times. It does. It does. <laughs> Everyone on that show is so hot. They're so hot. Most oh of them. Oh my god. So you know, you know, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I did kind of half expect you to say something about Tyler Posey. So I'm really, really? glad you did. Yeah, Dylan, I was thinking Dylan my head like towards the later seasons. Then it started to turn to Dylan O'Brien. Spurt, like, though. Yeah. For real. Oh my god. Jared and his teen dramas. We all know he doesn't do it for the stories. It's just for the attractive casting. Well, not now. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, not now. I watch, look, I, I just uh, finished uh, Sex Education on Netflix, season three. What fucking amazing show that is. And I must say, I'm not attracted to anyone on that cast. I'm really not. And and I watch it and I like it just the way it is. So I wouldn't really call that a well. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. pushing the teen aspect of teen drama. Oh, but mostly you're because of like, all the sex and nudity in it. Yeah, but okay, you're saying more so like um like s- shit from the CW and stuff. Okay, okay, I get you. Um, yeah, like stuff actual high schoolers could watch without their parents being like, "There's a boob in there." Nope. Yeah. Well, look, I think that's a super important show. So regardless of how you feel about the topics that it covers, like you should be thankful that your kid gets something like that in this day and age, because had I had a show like this, I would think that I would feel differently about a lot of things in the past. (laughs) Um, So I, uh, (laughs) my sister tried to get me to, to watch it with her. She wanted to give it a try. The minute she heard a British accent, she was like, nope, never mind. She's like, I didn't know this was a British show because yeah. she just she can't do the accents. There's something mm. about them. She's like, nope. And I'm like, oh, it's a British show. Yeah, let's watch it. Because I, I love British accents. I think they're adorable. I love them. I just love um, films that are even TV shows that are not in my like tongue, like not in my language mm-hmm. um, or not even in my language, but in my like dialect and the way I speak. Um, because like, I don't know, like I've seen 20 billion things where people talk just like me and it's like, okay, that's fine. It, it, and also they, those shows specifically like the British TV shows, they have such a different feel to them. 
they're like totally more dynamic. They're more energetic. There's a lot more energy on British television that I don't think a lot of people like realize. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but like the Emmys last week, uh, British television swept the Emmys. Like, I mean, the crown, you had obviously sex education didn't do anything, but you know, you had all of these British TV shows that basically just, I mean, everyone's into it right now. And I think the main reason is because not only is it more dynamic and engaging, but also there's just some really like heartwarming, like really like cozy, like shows that are on right now that people can really just turn off their mind and like have fun with like everything doesn't have to be so dark. And I feel like British TV hits that kind of that sweet spot where it can be a little spicy, but like not too much where you're going like you're in tears, you know, like this Man. is us. Fuck that show. Fuck that show. Why don't anyway, you like this is us? It's just cry porn. It's nothing what? more than cry porn. Cry porn. Mm-hmm. I stand by my declaration. <clears throat> That this is us is cry porn. Okay. Is there anything else that you would compare to it in terms of it being cry porn? Um, I want to know like what kind of movies and TV shows you would also select for that category. I that's select, interesting. I would select. Um, oh, I would definitely select ER. Um, okay. I would select. One Tree Hill. As much as I love One Tree Hill, it's cry porn. Um, especially in the later seasons. Um, basically, after the school shooting episode and onward, it's it's cry porn. Okay. Um, you know, it's just the shows that are purposefully trying to make things dramatic. Like it's like overly dramatic. No. Because those aren't trying to make you cry all the time. They're really not. They're trying to, no, they're trying to be entertaining. You know, there's a difference between like intent of entertainment and like, say something like Teen Wolf and intent in trying to get real, quote unquote, with you. Get real. Like this is us. Get real. Death and destruction and family drama and divorce. And, you know, like it's like, okay, bro, I have that in my normal life. Shut up. Like, you know what I don't have in my normal life? Scott McCall. So I can turn my brain off. Okay. I I feel that. That's actually why I used to love watching the OC all the time. Like, whenever I felt bad about my life, I'm like, I want to see a bunch of rich people get screwed over even harder. Yeah. So I watch the OC. (laughs) Like, these teenage rich kids are getting screwed over left and right. I'm fine. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I guess to circle it back, you know, there's just something different about British television um, and television that's heavily Americanized. It just, there's, it's a lot more dramatic, surprisingly. Like, like American television is so fucking dramatic, but British television is like melodramatic. It's like purposefully trying to be dramatic and it, it like cancels itself out. A lot of times. I'm not saying that all British television is lighthearted. And, no, what I'm saying is that like a lot of the stuff that people are watching right now is not as heavy. I mean, you do have to give British television shows credit. Because, I mean, we've Americanized a few of their TV shows due to their popularity. Like Skins, Shameless. Uh, I believe The Office is another one. Uh, the was the office yeah it was british because of ricky gervais yeah 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 so you're right it's good we enough. we americanize everything it, it's we okay do. we can we we just colonize and take and colonize and take and it's, it's fine. fine it's what we do best <laughs> this is <laughs> oddly enough this has been a weird like month on the podcast did really you see our last like episode's that. title what was it called again oh you didn't see it it I was, did uh, see it, but I can't remember the title. The title of the episode was Share This With Your FWB. Like, share this with your friend with benefit. And like... It's it, Jared! I, I don't know, like... Is it... Be- 
<laughs> no, it, it was because um, we were talking about the merch and we were like, oh yeah, we have a new lineup of merch. Like how fun, like how cool, like share this with your friends and family. And then I was like, share it with your fuck buddy. Like, why not? Like, <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Look, we we got we got a little a little spicy. Um, <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, no. <laughs> just wow. Um, and I asked um, you strike. You weren't expecting this um, conversation. Um, <laughs> you you tuned in for a, a strike, and you got this. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. What are Sorry. You doing? There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah, but- you know, I just came on. I was like, oh. I. I. Yeah. No. I. 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 That's, I get it that's now. actually that's really that's- funny. <laughs> Uh, we're having a whole conversation in the chat. Like it's fine. Like you don't need to know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh man. Um, Yikes. Yeah, it's well. I thought look, Jared was being a savage. Turns out he's just being spicy. Yeah, I'm just being spicy. We're we're pushing more and more in the direction of lifestyle than we are <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> Uh, Who says our lifestyle's not entertaining, Jared? Oh, it very much is. But we can do both. <laughs> That's what separates our podcast from boring news podcasts. Exactly. You know, I, exactly. I want a good mix. You know, I want to laugh and I want the news. I want both. So, and we, we do both. And we do both. We do both. So, <laughs> with all that down and out of the way, we are going to get into the news reel so that you can get updated on all of the news from this past week. And then we are also going to dip into our news discussion before talking about Dear Evan Hansen, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and also what's new to streaming. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, Podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online, and Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. So what are you waiting for? Grab some gear that you already have, and then find a quiet place to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and help support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. On the show this week, we've got headlines from Variety, The Hollywood Reporter, and also from Deadline. The International Association of Theatrical Stage Employees called this last week for a strike authorization vote, setting in motion potentially the biggest labor shutdown in Hollywood since the last writer's strike 14 years ago. Some 60,000 IATC members could end up walking off the job, most of whom are based in Los Angeles. A strike, if it comes, would lead to a nationwide shutdown of TV and film production because three of the locals, 600, 700, and 800, are national unions. Local 600, the largest of all the locals, represents some 9,600 camera operators and cinematographers working in the U.S. If they walk out, no one would be able to hold a camera on set in the U.S. Likewise, post-production nationwide would come to a grinding halt without the 8,600 editors represented by the local 700. 
IATSE has never gone on strike before, and a strike authorization vote does not mean that a strike will happen at this time. But it does show that IATSE is being more aggressive about issues that have lingered over many past negotiations, including long workdays and lower rates for new media, without getting resolved. The strike authorization vote is expected to begin on October 1st, with results announced on October 4th. If approved, IATSE International President Matthew D. Loeb would have the power to call a strike if further negotiations failed to produce an agreement. One of the biggest bidding wars of the last year has engulfed Hollywood. Sony, Lionsgate, Apple, and Netflix are all vying for a movie package that has George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and Spider-Man Homecoming director John Watts attached. Amazon, Annapurna, Universal, MGM, and Warner Brothers are also said to be in the mix. Watts will write, direct, and produce the thriller with Clooney and Pitt star. Much of the details are being kept under wraps, but it is understood to tell the tale of two lone wolf fixers assigned to the same job. A movie revival of Teen Wolf, the MTV series, is in the works at Paramount+. Plus. As part of a new overall deal, series creator Jeff Davis has signed with the MTV Entertainment Studios, Variety has exclusively learned. Davis's multiple-year deal will see him write and executive produce the film, with talks currently underway with the original series cast members to return. The news comes on the fourth-year anniversary of the original Teen Wolf finale on MTV. In the Teen Wolf movie, a terrifying evil has emerged in the town of Beacon Hills. The wolves are howling once again, calling for the return of the banshees, were-coyotes, hellhounds, and every other shapeshifter in the night. But only a werewolf like Scott McCall, no longer a teenager, yet still an alpha, can gather both new allies and reunite trusted friends to fight back against what could be the most powerful and deadliest enemy they've ever faced. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support the Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider joining our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers a few distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other perks combined. And who knows, there may be a super-secret tier waiting to be discovered. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, so let me start with a scenario for you, Linda. Uh, okay. <laughs> you don't know where this is going, which is been- I really don't. Oh, fun. You are like a cinematographer, right? You you hold that camera. You hold it. And it it brings you joy and it brings you power and you lift it and you tilt it and you pivot it and you do whip pans and you do the whole nine yards with the cinematography because you know what you're doing. But- okay. You are not able to negotiate better working hours so that you can have more time with your family at home. You are not able to work less than 12 hours sometimes because your job demands that you be present and on set for absurd amounts of time. Um, What do you do? Well, if I'm passionate about the job, I wouldn't like it, but at the end of the day, I would probably quit. You'd quit. But what if, what if you would be blacklisted from Hollywood from quitting on this really big set of this really big movie that Disney's doing? The next Avengers, Avengers 6. Wait, did, did we have five already? Yeah, I'm pretty. No, we haven't. Avengers 5. Have we had Avengers? It, this isn't important. Anyway, you're on the set of The Eternals. 
and you're a camera operator and you're not getting anything that you want, um, anything that you've tried to, to get resolved, um, you know, long work days, but not only that, but sometimes you're getting paid less than your counterparts. You know, there's an actor in this movie, in the Eternals, that's on screen for a total of 30 seconds. And Angelina they made, Jolie? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, kind of. Sorry, anonymous. <laughs> Anon- anonymous. <laughs> uh, and they get paid fucking 200 times more than you do. But you're putting in the long days. You're putting in the intensive work. And if you quit, you'll get blacklisted. Well, what's your option? A strike. You can go on strike. And that is exactly what IATSE members are doing right now. They're not on strike yet, but their president basically put in a request for a strike authorization, which is basically like, hey, let me talk with the other union members, see if we can drum up enough support for the potential of a strike. And once they, you know, pass this, um, once they pass this authorization, they'll be able to actually go on strike. And this is a big deal. The last time that we saw something on this magnitude was the writer's strike. Um, I think that was, yeah, it's been about a, a little over a decade ago, honestly. And we're still feeling the ripple effects of the writer's strike. You know, during that strike, you had many people walk off set. You had many people, I know specifically in the voice acting world, like that just completely like backed out of doing any work. And so you had this shortage of content and you had all of this mixing and matching of, of shows and production trying to figure out, hey, now how do I go forward with my show when everything just changed? Um, there, there was a lot of chaos. There was a lot of confusion. But, you know, they were demanding basically more money. They were demanding more money for the work that they were putting in. And uh, for that, I... You know, we talk about it here. We're very pro, pro union, pro worker on this podcast, mm-hmm. and I am all for IATSE. Um, by the way, for those of you that didn't quite hear it in the news, but the IATSE is the International Association of Theatrical Stage Employees, which is basically the biggest, the biggest labor uh, market in in that industry. It um it has some like 60,000 members that could end up walking off the job if this strike authorization is actually passed. Now they're voting on it on the 1st of October and we'll get the results from it um, on October 4th. But a majority of the members have to basically agree that they might want to go on strike. Um, You hear this, you hear that 60,000 members could end up just walking off set it would basically completely halt, and I mean completely halt post-production. So if there's a movie right now that you're really looking forward to and it's currently like in the bulk of post-production and they go on strike, say go- kiss it goodbye like for a while because there aren't going to be enough members to actually work on that movie. Um, you know, if, if all of the camera operators basically just walk away, you're going you're gonna to have no one shooting any film. And this is from coast to coast, too. So this goes from, I mean, yes, most of these members are in L.A., but this spans far beyond just L.A. This will reach all the way to New York and everywhere in between. Um, It's kind of a big deal. And so when you hear that this is a possibility, like what what do you think um, it's going to look like if the strike authorization passes and they're able to go on strike? doesn't mean that they will. It just means that they they have enough votes. They have enough backing to actually do it and make a difference um are you hoping for it are you hoping that maybe they don't go on strike but maybe we have some concessions from the studios from you know the higher-ups who really control not only how long people are working on set but also like what they're getting paid compared to you know the stars that we all know and love so yeah sorry i was on my phone because i was trying to think Besides the writer's strike, there's only one other, like, film industry strike, but I could not think about it, like, off the top of my head. But I remember it was from the Lost Boys that I read about it. So I was, like, looking up Lost Boys and, like, trying to find that certain thing that I was reading about. And that one, there was apparently, like, a, I think it was, like, a union strike 
in the 80s. So the No, unions- I'm not familiar with it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because there was like some issue with one of the actors' names in the credits, but they couldn't get it changed because he was in the union. Union was on strike, so they couldn't do anything. But anyways, uh, so yeah, there's the union strike, the writer's strike from what, like 14 years ago? Mm -hmm. And so it's not like this industry gets strikes many, like often at all. But honestly, when it does happen, it is for good reason. And for very fair reasons. And so honestly, obviously the film industry is a multi-million billion gajillion zillion dollar industry and worldwide you know so it's like they have the money to do it so if they're too stubborn to spend that money and invest it on these people who are making this industry happen then that's on them yeah, they have totally. the money uh, I I find myself constantly saying that on here, especially with Disney too. Like, if you have the money to do it, then why why hold back? Especially with something like this. Like, if if they don't have these workers, they don't have the money, or they don't, you know, they don't have a business. So it's like they don't just, have a product, and then they don't have money or a business. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, why are you being stingy? You literally have the money to not be stingy and to pay these people better for the longer hours. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, we were going to talk about it a while ago, but just the fact that like it was one video game company in Europe that basically just decided, hey, you know what, like our our people put in a lot of time on this last video game. And not only are we going to give them proper time off after, but we're going to basically enhance their um, overtime pay. So they're getting paid way more for the work that they put in, you know, overtime, all those long nights, and they're also getting time off afterwards. So it's just treating your employees correctly and treating your workers right. Like that's all this comes down to. I, I do have to disclose that this isn't going to span into other countries. So Canada and the rest of the world, they're not going to feel the impact of this as much. But what that also could mean is that people, studios will start taking their business abroad. Um, so who knows how this affects the, I guess, the the industry, the movie industry within the country, you know, how much money is going to be lost if something like this were to happen. And it's a lot bigger of a possibility than I think a lot of people are giving it credit for. I mean, we'll see on October 4th, right? That strike authorization vote comes through. We'll see exactly what people are saying. If there is an overwhelming support for a strike authorization, I'm almost certain that they're going to go on strike. And if they don't go on strike, I think what it's going to take for that to be a possibility is, you know, the the higher up stepping in and, and conceding a little bit, you know, maybe instead of a 12 hour workday, maybe we'll cap it at 10 because any longer than that's inhumane. Like, you know, maybe on sets, there'll be different protocols and, And maybe, you know, instead of giving Brad Pitt and George Clooney a shit ton of money for this new film that they're in, maybe, hey, we 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 cut their pay down by five million or whatever, you know, just so that we can pay our crew a decent wage for the work that they're putting in. It's not hard. It's literally not hard. So just do it. Do it. Do it. Um, Yeah, that's all I have to say on the IATSE strike. It's uh, just super interesting, really, um, that something of this magnitude is coming. And it kind of makes sense on the cusp of 2020, on the cusp of basically everyday working people being fed up with their lives and with the system that no one asked for. Like, (laughs) no one asked to be paid starvation wages. So, you know, like, I don't know. I'm all for it. We'll see what the strike authorization vote actually is um, when the time nears, and we'll talk about it on the podcast. Uh, We also kind of talked about it earlier, but Teen Wolf's getting revival on Paramount+. Plus. That'll be interesting. Um, Don't have to talk much on it, but it sounds like, you know, the old cast might be returning for some more Beacon Hills action. It sounds like Tyler Posey might be coming back, and um, it also sounds very much like I'll be checking it out. Uh, But I want to know one thing from you. Is this interesting to you in the slightest? It's 
interesting. Mostly because I never watched the show, so I'm wondering how the hell it got a movie. But I'm the, sure you'll be able to fill me in on Okay, that. look, the movie deal is kind of, it's a little weird to me. Oh, so mystery. Yeah, hey. no, not going to lie. I like I, I don't know why they needed to do it, and I don't know if it, it even is going to work. But you like, know. Did it end on any sort of cliffhanger, or if the show had just ended and that was it, you would have been fine with it? I mean, everyone would have been fine without a, a, a TV or a TV movie, a made-for-TV movie, because that's let's be honest, that's what this is. Um, and I'm so, surprised it didn't get a revival TV show. I guess like Gossip Girls get it. That's what I was expecting. You know, just Dexter. You know, just like and one Dexter. limited like ten episode, eight episode, you know, season to just kind of cap everything off nicely and try and give it one more go. You know, I mean, I we know. already have a Teen Wolf movie. Yeah. So I I know it's not the same, but yeah, no, I I get it, I get it. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, bet I'll be talking about it some more once I actually watch it. Um, that is all for the news discussion. So next up, we have box office projection. It's our weekly segment where we talk all things box office. What did Dear Evan Hansen do at the box office? Not really much. <laughs> But Oops. we'll talk about it, and we'll also project what Venom, Let There Be Carnage, is going to make next weekend. And, uh, you know, we're going to ask for your opinions. Something that I totally forgot the last, like, three or four times that we've done this is uh, doing the poll on Twitter. I've completely forgot about it, not going to lie. I know we said wow. we would make that a thing going forward. So I promise you, this Wednesday or Thursday, there will be a poll put up asking what you think Venom Let There Be Carnage will make at the domestic, and by domestic I mean in the United States box office, and uh, we'll see if you're right or if we're right. You never know. Uh, So we'll talk about all that and more when we return. I'm sure you know by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. We upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies and stream gaming content occasionally. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. As of now, we are about five subscribers away from reaching that goal, and it would mean everything to the team to be able to accomplish this. Simply search the Burr Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the videos a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, so let's talk about Dear Evan Hansen. Um, it made an abysmal like seven point five million dollars opening weekend, <clears throat> and yeah. let's just—I mean, the cat's out of the bag. Ben Platt is too old for that role, and he can get away with it on stage under all that makeup. Audience is further away. It's not this giant seventy-foot screen. Um, you know that's. That's one thing. But um, when people are up close and you have a lot of tight frames around your face and you're fucking 36 or however old he is and you're playing a high schooler, it isn't appealing to people. What about and Greece, clearly, though? A lot of people the- are pushing 40 in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or can we not make fun of that because it's a classic? Yeah, it's a classic. Uh, <laughs> no. Sorry, Greece. Anyway, um, no, I look, I understand. But, you know, why out of all the movies that are going day and date was this not one? You know what I mean? Why is this theatrical only is my is my point, because like no one's going to go out to see it. And by the time that people may want to watch it, the hype is already going to be way died down. So like you've just. Uh, oh. Well, see, but that's the thing. Like, could you imagine having access to it at home and then being like, "Oh my god, I'm, like this 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 movie musical is awful." Like, then everyone's gonna go watch it, and people are gonna be talking about it. But by making it theatrical only, you basically force no one's gonna want to spend money exactly. on a movie you, that they you, heard was bad. You force people into a position of, well, I'm not spending fucking fourteen dollars to go watch this movie just for the ticket because. Because it's bad and, you know, um, there are very few exceptions where I think people will turn out like cats, for instance. Um, But, you know, this one, 
A, you're already hitting a niche audience with the musical aspect of it, but then you look at the plot and the subject material and everything, and you're like, ah, I, I don't know. If it was on at home and someone told me it was really bad, yeah, sure, I'll, let, I'll go grab a bottle of Stella. I'll go get some Jack. We'll sit down and watch it. We'll have a great time. But like, I, I don't know that it's just worth that theatrical. It is worth it. I'm not that guy. If you like Dear Evan Hansen and it is worth the theatrical experience for you, go right ahead. It's not for me. And it's not for a lot of people, as evident by the box office return. Yeah. So that's out of the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen. Wow. Venom, Let There Be Carnage is coming out on the first. How excited are you? <sighs> I just, I just watched it the other day because I was so excited. I was like, "We have to watch this movie, okay? You, you have to watch this movie." So we, we watched it. I was like, "Do you love it? Do you love it?" Because I love it. I always loved it. And every time Venom comes up in discussion, I'm just like, "Oh my god, I love Venom!" <laughs> <laughs> I love. Wow. Oh my god! Did you so- hear Venom's voice? Did you see Tom Hardy? <laughs> Did you I, see did. I did. I did. So do you so do you think that it with uh, like a hey, oh, it's only Jesus. ninety minutes? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was um. Sorry. Oh, someone. Okay. Yeah. 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 I. I um, <laughs> this is why I usually record with the door shut. Because I record in um, not my house. So people live here and occasionally they got to grab Hi, Dylan. Yeah, they got to grab some stuff. shit out of me. But, you um, know, Venom. but I, do you I think like with that. a 90-minute runtime and a PG-13 rating, do you think that's going to hurt it at all? Maybe not so much the 90-minute runtime, but does the PG-13 rating worry you? Um, Let me... Let me re- Fresh here, real quick. Do-do-do. I said, "Did you do go?" I would say no. I mean, the first Venom was PG thirteen. Yeah, I think a lot and, of people. In, were... in my opinion, it didn't. It didn't do anything to hurt that movie. That movie's so so lovely. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So you're in the minority, I think, because a lot of people are like, oh, "I wanted a rated R, super hardcore Venom," and you know, it's. Um, they're not going to get that. So <laughs> um, as far as Venom's box office, what exactly do you think we're looking at here? Um, do you think it's a situation where it's a Shang-Chi and it just fucking burst all of the records um, for pandemic era? Or do you think we're looking at a situation where it comes on strong, like maybe like a Black Widow, but not quite at that 90 or $100 million mark? Let me just use my intuition real quick. Uh, Let's see. How much did Shang-Chi make? Shang-Chi made 90 million. Mm. And um, (laughs) this is very good content for patron only. Is Lily holding it? No, it's Henry. Oh Henry! Oh, there I stepped he is. on I stepped on his paw earlier accidentally, and I think he's just getting payback. Yeah, well, you oh, stepped on his paw. He doesn't deserve that. Oh no, my he God! Doesn't. Hello, baby. Um, I love Henry. Henry's no kid. Sean Shang Chi made uh about ninety million dollars um for its four day weekend. How mm-hmm. much do you think this one can do comparative to a Marvel property? 75 okay you're going 75 75 okay that's i you see like i'm going less than you but i don't think that that's entirely unreasonable um i mean the first one made 80 mil and sequels they go back and forth they either make well over that or just a little under that and i think this one is gonna go a little under yeah because after that first Venom movie came out, there were a lot of mixed reactions. So I think I'm going to go on the safe side, go 75. Okay. 
75 it is. Well, I am going 55. So I'm not quite going as high. Most projections have it sitting somewhere between 45 and 60. Oh, um, yeah. And those have been really reliable for you lately. <laughs> oh, <right>? I mean. <laughs> right. I know. I, I'm not even going based on that. I'm just going based on how I'm reading the environment. Um, and how I'm reading the environment is, sure, it'll do good. Like, but it's not going to do the best. Um, and even your numbers, even your numbers would indicate that same, that same thing that I'm talking about. I'm just going 20 million less than you. Um, but you're basically Mm -hmm. saying, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's not Shang-Chi level, but it's, you know, it's popular. And I, I I would agree. I think it's popular. I think it's about the same. And yeah, Black Widow made 70 million. So we're looking at a situation where it, it ends up somewhere in that, probably in that 60 to $70 million range. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm going 55 just to be on the conservative side. The real question is, what do you all think? So we're going to put up a poll, like I said, either on Wednesday or on Thursday before it premieres, uh, because we want to know what you think. And then on the next episode, you'll have to tune in because we'll talk about it. Who was right? Who was wrong? And uh, it, it was super fun, though, like two times that we did it and then we just stopped doing it. And I don't know why, because I forgot about it. Because yeah. life got, you know, life was life in. And so I I had a bunch of stuff going on and I completely forgot, but I want to get back to it. So let us know what you think Venom is going to make in its opening weekend coming up. And stay tuned because we got what's new to streaming. I know at this point you've heard us talk a lot about our website, theburrreviews.com, but I wanted to share some of the content you can expect from us in case you missed it. On our site, you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and even more content covering all types of cinema. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theburrreviews.com in your web browser to find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we want to help. Find our contact page on the website and fill out the form. There, you'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. Not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, but we welcome all types of motion pictures. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, so we have a couple new things streaming this week. Nothing too noteworthy, but I do want to still canvas it. Uh, we have Star Wars Visions. I know I'm going to get a lot of fucking hate for what I just said. Um, it looks really cool. Don't get me wrong. Star Wars Visions does. That is, um, according to the Hollywood reporters, Angie Han, the only real connective tissue between its episodes is a love of Star Wars that runs so deep it's bound to make a, it's bound to make new fans of the young and uninitiated and remind old fans why they fell so hard for the universe in the first place. Obviously, this is streaming on Disney Plus, but I believe Star Wars Visions is the anime, like the it's like Star Wars, but an anime essentially, um, and that's what Star Wars Visions is. And uh, it looks really cool, like the art style and everything. I'm totally there for it. Um, I don't know that I'll get around to watching it because Disney is just throwing so much content our way. Like I haven't even finished Loki yet. I haven't started What If. I'm so behind on Marvel. I'm almost about to give up on it. Um, And the same goes for Star Wars too. Like I haven't watched, I mean, I watched the Mandalorian obviously, but hasn't, wasn't there another show too? Oh, the bad batch. Yeah. I haven't watched the bad batch yet. I don't know that I'll get around to it, but um, it looks cool nonetheless. And then you also have midnight mass on um, wait, what is, Oh, it's on Netflix. Of course. Netflix. I'm, I'm actually, I, I plan on watching this one. It, I saw a little clip for it earlier today, and I just... It's Mike Anything Flanagan. With Mike Flanagan and Kate Seagal, like, those two paired up together. Yeah. It's... And Haunting of Hill House, my favorite TV show ever. I just... I'm very intrigued. And God I really watch damn, it. that show's so good. I don't I know, know how it's that good. I don't. I still cannot wrap my brain around how good it's that show just, is. It is the most beautiful, macabre, interesting, spooky show ever. There's nothing like 
they don't have to give us like the what is it called the fucking uh shock factor value mm-hmm. that american horror story does or you know they don't have to do anything wildly messed up to make it like a show worth watching it's just it is what it is and what it is is absolutely perfect yeah i hear midnight mass is um a lot like hill house in the sense of character building and you know really establishing a setting uh which mike flanagan clearly knows how to do so well but where midnight mass maybe differs is it's not so much about hauntings like for forgo your goose your ghost spooky stuff it's i hear it's a lot more grounded in you know real life horror than it is in you know ghosts so um i'm i'm curious to know what you think of it i don't know that i'll get around to watching it because we'll see if i get we'll see if i even get around to it i thought it was a movie oh did you yeah. Yeah. And then I heard it and then I just nope. saw it now that it was a TV show. So um, yep. I still really want to watch it. So I'll, I'll try to see if I can get around to it, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm I hear really girl. good things too. I hear really yeah. good things about it. Um, That's, that's all for streaming. I'm not even going to cover shutters, blah, blah, Elvira? blah. Elvira. Yeah. Come on. It's Elvira. I, Show I know some it's respect. Elvira. It's okay, Elvira. But you know me, I get Cassandra Peterson. Great. That's fine. Um, and you know, it's, it's classic. Um, and it's just a special, like it's just Elvira's special. So it's a 40th anniversary, 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 anniversary. special, um, that is premiering on <laughs> September 25th or did premiere on September 25th on shutter. Um, again, I really do appreciate that shutter is taking just, you know, leaps like this to try and get horror fans some really exciting, like content that maybe isn't everyone else's cup of tea right like there is a universe that exists where shutter doesn't exist and this doesn't get made and it's special and we should celebrate it so i guess you know if you're a fan go check it out it's on shutter right now um there's a whole bunch of things that they are covering in there uh let me just name a few um, it includes a movie marathon with House on Haunted Hill from 1959, City of the Dead, which is a great movie from 1960, Messiah of Evil, and um, a 1998 uh, vehicle starring of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Um, so, you know, Cassandra Peterson, right? Mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> I love the original House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> it, I, just, it cracks me up. I haven't seen it. I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen it. I I try to watch the older ghost movies. And especially after watching Haunting of Hill House, of course, I had to watch the movie that started it all. Actually, it was a book, which I own. Uh, but yeah, so I, I had to watch it. But it just... <laughs> just the special effects they had to do back then. Yeah. I love it. The yeah. efforts it's, there. It's with it's all great. the old horror movies. And especially like the, you know... Um, especially the hammer horror films like those ones are unique and inventive because they were doing something that hadn't been done before on film. And so they had to think of inventive, creative ways to try and spook you. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, it's not that spooky, but I really respect the effort on all of that because, you know, they didn't have practical or they didn't have digital effects to just kind of wash over everyone. Um, you know, they had to use, practical tools which is much more complicated and complex to execute so yeah well yeah uh, sorry uh, that that's also something i just why i like watching older movies like it's it's not because of like oh i'm a horror buff i have to watch this it's like from someone who has had an interest for this kind of stuff just seeing what they were able to accomplish with what little they had and what little technology they have, which is also why I like I like watching like a lot of low budget horror movies, like the B movies and you know stuff like uh, really Attack of the Killer example. Donuts. Host, yeah. Host is a great example of low just, budget like it's filmmaking. the creativity. Yeah, just seeing what you can do with what you have because not everyone has a million gajillion dollars. Thanks, entertainment industry. So <laughs> it's just you know. It, the creativity behind it is what I really like the most. And it reminds me of when I was little and I'd always watch special features. 
<laughs> on movies, and then my siblings would hate me because I wouldn't watch the actual movie. But, Again, that's the best fine. part, and I wish we would integrate. I wish streaming services would integrate. You know, special features. Oh you know, God. you have enough money. Make make an audit. You know, an audio commentary track from the a deleted director. scenes. Like, deleted scenes, even. Come on, like there are things that you can do that are so easy that would make your service ten times better. So get on it, Netflix. I'm looking at you specifically. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for today's episode. Um, is really juicy, meaty content, even though there wasn't much of it, the union strike, um, very interesting stuff with IATSE. Um, obviously we all love to talk about teen wolf and teenage hormones. Obviously that was Mm. the theme of a lot of today's episode. Um, but I always enjoy having you on. Thank you. And I I think that is it, everyone. So we are going to wrap it there. I want to plug one more time our merch that we just launched. We have more that's coming that we're adding to the store as we speak. Check out those blankets. Those blankets. The ghost socks are so cute. (laughs) Get get yourself a pair of ghost socks. Come on. I mean, um, but no, we, we have a, we have, a ton more like merch that is upcoming and being released here in the next like few weeks. And I, I'm so excited to show everyone what we've been working on because it's a lot more personal. And um, I think if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of this show, you're really going to like what we have. Um, also, I have to plug patron every time head over to patreon.com slash the borough reviews. If you would like to support us, uh, it really does help us directly. Um, you know, keep the show going and, and be sustainable. And also you get a, a video version of this podcast. If you are subscribed to the trick or treat here. And I think that that's pretty cool as well. And you get a discount code on merch. So that merch that is in the store, if you're a trick or treat subscriber, you get a discount on it. Um, did you have something to add? Um, um, does, does Linda get a, get a sneak peek? Of the new merch that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks, is that going to sneak peek? It'll probably be like closer to like the end of October, but Linda definitely will get a sneak peek of what's coming out. Yay, Linda gets a sneak peek! All you haters, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like if you do a show together, like you get special privileges. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the patrons aren't getting that, so don't expect yeah. that when you um. Sorry, patrons, you, you should up, have joined sorry. the borough. Also, I do want to say uh, thank you to everyone who subscribed on YouTube. We are at 102 subscribers. We do indeed have the channel link. God. Jared, we got 100. We got 100. We We got 100. So right now, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, if you go to youtube.com slash the borough reviews, hey, and subscribe, you get a slew of content. A lot of it's horror related, but there are some not horror related things like me making a Sailor Moon Eternal drink. We've definitely got more things coming along the way. We've got a sweet little tribute to the actor who played Muriel on Courage the Cowardly Dog. What's that going to be? It's a vlog style video. It's a lot of fun. Uh, We also apparently are supposed to be doing a couple of TikToks. Not supposed to say that, but we're going to get in a TikTok game. So, yeah, I don't know. Subscribe on every platform that you possibly can so you don't miss anything because there's a lot coming down the line. Um, and I always enjoy talking entertainment news and movie news and TV news and all of it. Um, it's always so fun. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see everyone on the next episode. Bye. Bye.